Seville, awesome. Sevilla, Sevilla, Sevilla. Look, I'm here and I don't know how to say it, so <laughs> I, I think both is allowed. Totally All right, Byron, you're in Sevilla, Sevilla. Hola, senor. I will leave the pronunciations to you because I will be just as bad. So you're taking you're taking the bullet on this I'll one. I'll take the L, yes. It, it, it's spelled both ways, and it's accepted both ways, with an E at the end and with an A at the end. What are we supposed to do? Wow. Yeah. Confusing. Or, it is confusing. Or accepting. Oh, okay. Right. Inclusive, so people, some might say. <laughs> visitors just got it wrong for so long, both ways, <laughs> that they just like, you know what? Yeah, both are both are correct. All right? Sevilla, Seville, whatever. Perfect. Uh, yes. But it is a, a spelling. Eccentricities aside, it is a beautiful town. This is unlike... I've, I've spent time in Madrid. I've spent time in Barcelona. We just talked about Barcelona. This is uh this is the most Spanish feeling of them all. Okay. Now that's ridiculous because everything is Spain, but but I was about to say that. A... <laughs> that sounds <laughs> incredibly silly. Yeah, but, but uh, I think so. Okay, let me say the romantic image of Spain with these sort of winding streets and these old these old buildings. Madrid, you know, Madrid was very modern. But Sevilla has this sort of old world charm that has stuck around uh, through the decades, which makes sense. It was in the 1500s. It was literally the like center of Europe because uh, Columbus got the old green light from Isabella to go, quote, discover, end quote, America. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, the Spanish crown said that anyone who wants to go to the Americas has to leave from Sevilla. And so that made it just a must have. This is a, this is a one, you know, a once in a lifetime economic uh, opportunity. And so people came from all over the world so that they could leave from there using the routes that only the Spaniards had. I see. Yeah. Which is what, which yes. is exactly what you're, that's why you're there. That's why I'm here. I'm gonna I'm gonna discover America too. I'll have I'll have a similar claim uh, as Columbus did, uh, honestly. Um, but uh, no, so there's a lot of that history here, and a lot of um, you know the architecture and buildings is f- left over from that time. And so you do f- more like any other city. You feel like you're going back in time. Uh, which I like. I think that's really interesting. Do you walk around saying to other people, this is the most Spanish I've felt so far? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they look at me slightly dirtier than the dirty looks I get regardless, you know, Just every normal. other time right. walking around Spain. And then I flip out my card. It's like, I'm a Spanish resident. Pardon senor. me, sir. I'm a resident. Yes, we are equally Spaniard. No, not at all. Uh, not at all. Not at all. But uh, uh, I'm staying. Uh, I'm st- staying at a hostel here, or I was staying at a hostel here, and then I literally couldn't take it anymore. So then I got a hotel. So 
Now, so, I mean, you, I've done, uh, I'm sure, and many of our listeners have done the hostel experience. I mean, there's a lot mm. good about it, obviously. Uh, yes. You, you meet a bunch of people. It's, yes. you know, it, it's it really kind of forces you to interact with other cultures. And that's a very good thing. But but Byron, what was what was really getting at you that you just had to go get a hotel? Probably just like not being able to sleep in a bunk bed. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm 37, man, and for I, I they give me the the top bunk, which at my age, you know, I'm not in the spryest of shape. Uh, I, I would like to improve that one day, but it is it is it is sometimes a struggle to get up to that top bunk. I'm not a young man anymore. Right. And then, you know, there's just noises and there's snoring. I snow. I know I snore, so that can't be pleasant. Uh, the, the gentleman, uh, the British gentleman below me would, uh, kick my bed when I was snoring. He would just kick up into my mattress, which I get it that I'm snoring and it sucks. I, I understand that. And I said, "Hey, man!" I talked to him. It's like I get it. Uh, are you wear? Are you wearing earplugs? He's like, "No, I'm not wearing earplugs." So I'm like, "Well, can you try that before just like kicking my bed in the middle of the night?" <laughs> this guy, who needs a CPAP machine? Whenever this yeah. guy can just follow you around and just kick you uh, so, as you snore. I- the sleep there was not the best, but like you said, the, the social element was fantastic. Uh, Hostel One, which is where, where I was staying, I really, really liked it. I, I talked uh, crap about the beds, but uh, the social element was really uh, great. The, what, what they did, which I'd never seen before, when you check in, they have a QR code on the wall and you scan it and then you are in a WhatsApp group of everyone who wants to be that is staying at the hostel. That's right cool. Then. So... If people go out, they can join later. There's constant updates and location updates of where the crew is. Uh, I thought that was pretty brilliant, and it was a great way um, for everybody to hang out. Um, now, the places we went weren't uh, necessarily the best. I uh, was hanging out with a crew, and they wanted to go to a club, uh, which, uh, you know, okay, uh, great. Again, um, all these people are in their early 20s. I'm in my late 30s and was never – Never quite had a penchant for the club scene when I was in my early twenties, but whatever, you know. When in uh, when in Sevilla, you, uh, you you go to a club. The first warning sign was that we had to get on a bus. That this club was f- far enough away to where we had to get on a bus to go. That was the first red flag, and I mm. should have known. I should have known. There's plenty of places to hang out and and party or whatever it is. Not taking a bus. Not so that I never, bus. never get on the bus, folks. So we got on the bus. It was like 25 or 30 minutes on this bus. Wow. <laughs> and then we get to this club. We wait another 30 minutes uh, to get in line. This club is called Prisma, sort of in a rundown industrial neighborhood. This this neighborhood did not have the charm of the 1500s uh, Sevillan Golden Age. Let's just <laughs> put it that way. And then we go in and I'm thinking like a club, you know, they'll play popular music and people sing and dance or, or whatever. That's, that's great. Uh, I, I can, I can vibe on that once every four to six years. Um, but this, 
place. Like like the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me me going to a club is like the Olympics. I, because I literally have to train for four years in order to, to ah, recover yes. for the Here's next. the Byron next... delegation uh, entering <laughs> yeah. the club. Uh, I come excited. in with a flag and a tracksuit. So. <laughs> <laughs> All oiled so, up and shirtless. We go into this pl- Oh, I wish. No, that's how when I leave the club. Yeah, that's uh, when you leave the club. Got it. So it's not it's not your standard club music with Drake or whatnot or something you can dance to. <laughs> this place has something called drum and bass. Yeah. All right. Okay, you know this. You've heard of this. Sure. Yeah, drum and bass. Yeah. God. So it is a subgenre of EDM, electronic dance music. Known for its fast break beats and heavy bass line. So there's no rhythm and there's no songs. It's just like loud sound and you can't dance to it. You can thrash around to it, which many people were doing, but, uh, but I did not, I did not enjoy. This was a never get on the bus. Did never get on happen, the bus. Did something happen on the way to Sevilla where you crossed a time portal and became <laughs> an 85 year old man. Did that happen? Now, listen, I say that with full like acknowledgement that I also would not have a great time, but between, you know, right. this, you were really feeling like you, you know, the beds in the hostel, no good. Then the club music is too loud. You're looking for a nice quiet park to have a chess game in at some point. No, I'm not. I was willing to, to have a, I just want if I go to a club, I want to be able to dance to songs that I recognize. That is not a big ask. That is not a big ask. All right, I'm hip. I'm you are cool. you, you are hip. All you right, are cool. I'm just, but I'm old. I am <laughs> all, old. All hip and cool people immediately reference Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, screw you, man. All right. I'm the coolest. I'm the coolest 37 year old, you know, that doesn't play in a professional sport. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, look, drum and bass wasn't for me. That doesn't make me an old curmudgeon. No, I get it. And I, 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 I I'm fine with hostels. It's just the, the kicked in the middle of the night and the, the I upper bunk. Driving, I think being in a bus for 30 minutes, then to arrive at a like club where drum and bass is, is yes. played. That's like, that's something. Now, what was the vibe in the club? Like, was everybody like way into it or it was, was it like a, a rave? Were you in a rave? Here's the thing. Byron, did Here's you go the to a thing. rave? No, it wasn't the rave. I mean, there were lights and whatever, but here's the thing with drum and bass. You're either you're in or you're out. Those who were in were so in and they, their bodies were fla- fla- flapping around and thrashing. And those who were out were really on the sidelines just hanging out. And you can't talk to anyone, uh, uh, of course, but it was the combo. If, if drum and bass was a five minute walk from the hostel and I could say I don't like this and then go go, you know, into the night. That's different. I I was stuck. I was stuck yeah. there, and I had to Uber back. Right. Ugh. I'm not 80. I use Uber. All right. <laughs> yeah, and you and you use WhatsApp to know that that's what everybody was doing. 
Exactly. But the problem was it was a decision. It was like half were staying and half were going to drum and bass. Yeah. And it was a it was a Sophie's choice moment with much bigger consequences for me. And uh I chose to get on the bus and I'll never do that again. I will never get on the bus. I think it's important to reference Sophie's choice as much as you possibly can while in Europe. I think that's excellent. Maybe I am an eighty year old man. I think <laughs> you might have Oh no. Oh man. Well, at least we realized on the pod. That's, that's, uh, uh I have, that's so nice. Prisma has a 4.7, uh, Google review. Uh, sure. some, of, some of the highlights here great people, great music, great sound, very small prices, uh, great Good. sound quality, friendly environment, uh, best club in town, powered by the very best turbo sound sound system. So you were hearing, <laughs> yeah, you were hearing the best. Turbo but sound sound system. Here's the thing. I can't give it a bad review because as a drum and bass club, all of those things are true. I assume it was a great drum and bass club. I'm not going to, if I leave a review and say this, they weren't playing Drake. I'm the asshole because yeah, they're not, that's not what that place is. So I get it. Having good reviews. <laughs> Here's a review from pain Z core. Perfect. Place. Oh yeah. For people oh, coming to Sevilla looking for techno and electronic scene. You're fed up with stinky reggaeton clubs, right? <laughs> Get rid of them and dare to find out the real underground city nightlife. Byron, you were in the underground. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a reggaeton club also sounds not fun. <laughs> Oh my god i can't believe we spent so this was gonna be on my little my little uh my shot list here i had this at the end to like mention <laughs> if we have time and then no, we no. open the pod and we talk about it for prisma 20 minutes gold. prisma gold this is a great Sevilla is a great city this is a great city <laughs> we're gonna uh, do a half hour on prisma oh god no prisma so if you're into drum and bass uh then Prisma is your place. That is your Becca. All right. Oh, oh man. I'm worn out. We haven't even talked about anything yet. Good. Uh, so you went, you went home. You said, I went it. home and you got a horrible night's sleep. Proverbial ball and went home. And then, uh, wow. And then, well, not in a bad way. Just like, you know what? I'm no, just gonna if I grab the ball, that means they can't keep playing. They, oh, they kept true. playing deep into the night, uh, drum right. and bass. They did. Yeah, they did. Yes, no, but there were other parts of Sevilla I liked more. Okay, great. More Let's frame it that way. Good. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, we'll start modern since we're talking uh, hip clubs and, and cool cats. Uh, the, the Metropole Parasol is a landmark in the middle of Sevilla. Now, that is the official name, but... It is known by the locals as Las Setas, or the Mushrooms, because this is a giant wooden structure in the middle of the city that looks like six giant mushrooms that are attached. They are made of birch. They are wooden. I believe it is the largest freestanding wooden structure in the world. Okay. And you can, uh, you can walk all around these things, and you can also take an elevator up to the top of the setas, and then you can walk around the curves and paths of the uh, mushroom structures. 
and you get a wonderful view of the city. I saw an incredible sunset from up there. And I also made some fun little videos walking around, doing some time lapses. It's just a cool thing um, that many people hate because uh, locals hate because it went way over budget and <laughs> it took way longer to build. Is this and like so, a uh, relatively new thing? Like, or I mean, new yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. 2011. 2011 oh, oh, is when okay. it was completed. I think they started building it in 2005, uh, which, uh, you know, these things are big. But it, this is not uh, not a skyscraper here. I'm not sure what the what the delay uh, was, but uh, hey, I I enjoyed it. I Couldn't enjoyed get all that birch. Needed more the birch. Measure, yeah, it's like I they had to have like our our Icelandic birch imported. <laughs> like oh my god, oh, wow, folks, never never import your wood for your structure. That's like don't get on the bus. Don't import your wood for your mushroom uh, sculpture. Rule number in, one. In Sevilla, that's rule number one. Um, what else did I uh, enjoy here? Oh, of course, the Plaza de España, which was built in the 20s for a, a World's Fair type event. This is a giant uh, plaza that has man-made rivers coming uh, through it where, where uh, gondolas, um, you know, sort of make the rounds. And uh, it's just beautiful. You use all, all the architecture. um Okay, so the architecture, part of what makes Sevilla awesome and unique is because it has this uh, combo of this um, Moorish, um, like Muslim architecture, because that's who uh, conquered this place uh, in the, uh, in like the Middle Ages and the, hun- you know, the hundreds, mm-hmm. uh, hundreds era. Um, but it, but it also has sort of this modern Spanish style as well. So when those things are blended together, uh, it looks dope. It looks dope. And fun fact about the plaza. I mean, there's not much to do there other than walk around and, you know, overpay to go in a Spanish gondola. Um, But they did film Star Wars Episode 2 here. Uh, (laughs) This was scenes at the Naboo Palace um, where Queen Amidala uh, was, you know, uh, uh, running around doing stuff and talking to Anakin. So there's this long shot of them. Uh, uh, walking uh, uh, in the plaza, and there you go. Huh? Yeah. So, so are you believe you were you you were transported to Naboo? Naboo, yeah, Naboo. Uh, arguably the worst of all the Star Wars entries. Is yeah, episode two. I think so. I mean, but, yeah, you're probably right about that. I'm not going to yeah. argue with it. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah. Despite that, I enjoyed walking around here. It's it's beautiful. I, I try not to let that uh, factoid ruin my my experience. <laughs> That's good. <What? laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, we also have the Alcazar of Seville or Sevilla. I'm just gonna I'm going Sevilla for the rest of the time. We're not Great. we're not doing this. We're not doing this. So this is the castle, and this again has that mix of the Moorish architecture and the Spanish architecture, and this castle was actually very important uh, not only in spanish history but in world history because this is the spot where queen isabella gave the green light for columbus to set forth and uh, cross the atlantic to try and discover uh, the route to india which turned out to be the americas and there's a room a chamber 
where uh, uh, navigators and explorers would come and get their royal orders, their decree and their mission. And they would go and then they would go 50 miles to where the ocean is because it's up, up a river. Uh, and then they would go and, and cross. Uh, they would cross the sea to America. Wow. That's cool. Uh, yes, it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, they also have these wonderful gardens all around that you can you can walk in. And but the the famous when you search Alcazar of Sevilla, there's this famous courtyard I would call it, which has a thin. It's not a pool, but it's a thin sort of um, line of water, and then um, uh, surrounded by this these beautiful Moorish arches, and that's sort of the classic shot uh, of this place. Yeah, I feel like this architecture is really cool because you say castle and then we think of like European castles and whatnot. And mm, it's, it's absolutely... This is more like like mansion. This yeah, is, you know exactly. what I mean? Like yeah. a, like an estate. Uh, palace. 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 That, we'll that, say palace. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's really, really, it's incredible to look at. It's so cool. And the tiling is just intricate and it's all been preserved. And, um, and, and wouldn't you know it, it served as a palace uh, in the television show game of thrones but oh. we'll come back to that we'll okay. come back to that all right because right? there's another there's a couple a of game of, of thrones a... we'll do that yeah. at the end we'll okay. do that at the end but we will be coming back to the alcazar of uh, of sevilla um uh, before we do that i want to tell you about the seville cathedral or the cathedral of saint mary of the sea spelled s-e-e uh, I don't okay. know why I should. Eh, eh, I don't know you why. I think you would look at that and research while you were there, but it's okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I had to, I had to, uh, <laughs> sorry. I I was out at Prisma all night and I couldn't right. do my research. All right. <laughs> From a base. It's really. And I also hard. only half of the words you're saying, I am able to hear, uh, because of, <laughs> because of drum and bass. Um, right. Yes. But the Seville Cathedral, third largest in the world, and there are some large cathedrals out here. Uh, it was the biggest for a while. It, it replaced the Hagia Sophia, which we discussed way back when I was in Istanbul. Yeah, remember that's a gorgeous building. When we, remember when we did a podcast and uh, uh, I was in vaguely, Istanbul? Vaguely. Landon, that was, that was like two and a half years ago. Time. Doesn't it feel like it was 30 years ago? Time doesn't matter. You were a Istanbul? young man, and now you're an old man in Sevilla. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, who isn't? Look what we've gone through. Um, but uh, again, it's got that that mix. It does not look like your standard cathedral. It really has that that um, Muslim Moorish. It was a mosque at one point when they were in charge. Um, but a couple of things about this cathedral. Cool bell tower, big old bell tower, and it doesn't have stairs. They always have stairs, and you have to trudge up them. This one has a ramp. It has a ramp that winds around, and you just walk up a ramp, which I found much more acceptable than your standard uh, stairs. Really nice. Yeah, really nice. Just, you know, the height of luxury, (laughs) a ramp uh, to go up to this bell tower. Um, And then uh, a couple of uh, things that I thought were very cool. Christopher Columbus is buried here. You can go and Christopher Columbus's body is in a tomb 
and it is uh, very extra and very extravagant, as you can imagine. But he is—he's an Italian, but he is—he is, he is uh, uh, enshrined in this cathedral, and you can go check out his final uh, resting place, which I thought was pretty dope. That's yeah, that's interesting. That is that is there. Yeah, I guess there's so and much. Man, what a what a spread. Right. Look up, look up Christopher Columbus's tomb. It's on a big marble pedestal, and then there's four statues of dudes that are hoisting his coffin on their shoulders, and there's Spanish flags everywhere. And then his the coffin itself is just completely beautiful and uh, ornate and and designed. It is quite the it is quite the uh, tribute. Uh, you know, obviously none of that went to his head and uh, <laughs> no. he was clearly. No, well, I, I, I don't know. Did he do it? I don't think he, did he choose like, <laughs> well, you're, you're probably, I mean, you're right. Like, it's not like he's going to die. And then yeah, this like, is probably like have. bestowed on him. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Back in, back in when, when did he die? Let's see when, he, when did he die? He died in. Uh, 1506, right? So, I, I mean, I guess he had the stature at that point when he returned to where he wouldn't just be, you know, dumped in the river or something. <laughs> uh, like a like an unrecognized Gaudi. Um, just yeah. ignored. Um, But the other... Okay, so there, that's great. That's worth checking out on its own. Very cool. Uh, the other cool thing, there is a plaque... Um, at the spot where uh, Magellan ever heard of him? <laughs> Magellan ever heard of him? So uh, much like Columbus, uh, but uh, 20 years later, or 30 years later, actually, he got his uh, marching orders from Sevilla. You had to if you wanted to go to the Americas, but he didn't just want to go to the Americas. He wanted to go and be the first to, to circumnavigate the globe, which means you start in Sevilla, you go around the world, you end up in Sevilla and then into the history books. So Magellan started with about 250 guys. I believe he had three boats and they set across to come back uh, uh, to circumnavigate the globe. Now, um, people say, oh, Magellan was the first to circumnavigate the globe. His voyage was the first to circumnavigate the globe, but uh, Magellan got got in the Philippines. <laughs> he was He was trying to convert... Uh, every local that he found into mm. Christianity. And he had a lot of success with this, but a tribe in the Philippines was not having it. And, uh, and they killed Magellan and he died in the Philippines. So he made it about halfway there, but the rest of his folks are like, well, w we've come this far. Let's try and make it home without getting killed uh, <laughs> by people who don't like what we're selling. Maybe we uh, ought here. to tamp it down on the conversion stuff for a little while. Yeah, um, let's just like, just take a week off of the Jesus stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've already converted a lot of people. Let's just assume that will naturally spread and let's just try and make it out of here alive, which uh, they did, but not a lot. Only 18 out of the 250 dudes made it back to Sevilla. Oh and the God. first thing they did, I know, the first thing they did when they hit shore was they ran to the cathedral of Seville and they knelt before a, a statue of the Virgin Mary and they prayed. 
And so when you go to the cathedral today, there is a plaque in the spot where they all knelt and prayed uh, that pays tribute to those brave, brave sailors uh, who made it all the way. So I think I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that. Yeah. And and I mean, you know, you obviously you knelt. (laughs) I mean, obviously (laughs) I did. I did. But uh, but not but only to protest uh, racial profiling, Uh, not not in order in honor of the the sailors. No. Yes. yes. But here's what I love. I love like this is the spot stuff. And it could be like this is a spot where blank historical thing happened and you can go stand in that spot or kneel in that spot. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's cool whenever that is like so because it's like, oh, yes, this is the building and this is these are, you know, the same sort of streets and whatever else. But when you can actually identify the area, the corner, the whatever it is, and you can get that that moment, that's that is really cool. I love that. I love that. And we, we just don't have a lot of that stuff in the United States. I mean, in the East Coast, we have because of the revolutionary history, but we certainly don't have any, you know, west of the Mississippi, per se. It's like, I, you, I can, oh, this is the spot where, like, Biggie got shot. Like, that's not fun. That's not fun. <laughs> that's not fun. That's not fun history. No, it's not. But fun. so, yeah, I, I dig I dig the, the places like that. Um, uh Okay, you you want to do you want to do food or you want to do thrones? Let's do food what, what do first. Do? Let's do Let's food, do food. First. Yeah. Okay, we'll do food first. So my favorite spot, my favorite spot was called uh, Bodega Santa Cruz, and Bodega Santa Cruz is a little like bodega, but not when so when Americans think of a bodega, they think of at least I do. They think of a little like. Uh, like small convenience store that's on right. every block in yes. New York City uh, with questionable items, uh, you know, but they always have a deli and it's basically, there's a cat, there's usually a bodega cat like chilling in the back. <laughs> um, but bodegas, bodegas in Spain are like little cafes where you can go and grab a drink or grab food. And Bodega Santa Cruz is uh, uh, one of the more famous ones and it makes sense. It's in this Great, cool little spot, um, kind of on a corner. It's like its own little peninsula, so you can kind of see the comings and goings. There's always a huge line outside of this place, but I was lucky enough. I was able to grab a table outside, and uh, I sat down, and they bring you this menu, and pretty much any item on the menu is like two two euros and 60 cents, so about $3, $3.15, which is pretty cheap, which is pretty cheap considering – uh, you know, prices these days. And, and you look at the menu and they have specials written on the board or whatnot and things crossed out if they don't have them. Um, but two, two euros and 60 cents is, is pretty good. And you can pretty much get their whole menu for that. Uh, I got some patatas bravas, Ooh. which is um, kind of crispy fried potatoes with a, a spicy sauce on it. I also got it with, um, um, with uh, like sort of a mayo um, or an, an alioli uh, sauce. Oh my God, so good! I got tortilla, the famous, um, the famous potato, uh, potato eggs like slice of pie. Oh God, so good! Um, but this is just a place where it, does, it feels like they have not changed the prices or the menu in like eighty years. Right. Speaking of eighty, it's one of those uh, great spots. Um, I also found great. a place. I'm looking at pictures of food right now. Right. 
Oh my god, looks really great. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, uh, I also went to uh, uh, Bodega de Alfalfa, mm-hmm. uh, where they had a little uh, uh, stir fry. A lot, of, not a lot of noodles again in, in in Spain, but this was a beef noodle stir fry. Oh, delicious, delicious. Um, and then finally, uh, outside of this uh, uh, ancient Roman city called Italica, after a long day of exploring, I um, I got just the greasiest largest plate of huevos rotos greasy fries <laughs> topped with that iberian ham and the thin iberian ham and a big old fried egg and uh after a long day of exploring the ruins uh it was it was just a perfect meal perfect meal so the food here has been delightful i just love it i love the food in spain it's yeah. so good <laughs> that's good yeah uh, I'm, um, I'm sitting here. I was I was looking up uh, I was looking up reviews for uh, for Bodega Santa Cruz, and this one says, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, extreme nasty techno music. I love it." Oh, wait a minute. This is I'm still have wait, the prisma. I come still have on, the man. Too soon. I still have the prisma pulled up. <laughs> yeah, I not a lot of drum and bass at a Bodega Santa too Cruz. It's too bad. I know. I know. Well, there's still time. <laughs> this is um, okay. <laughs> what about this? <laughs> I love these reviews. This is okay. okay. If you're already, if you've already gotten bored of the people with pastel colored shirts, open four buttons and a gold stamp around their neck, then this is your place. <laughs> Authentic club atmosphere with cool people. The mini Berlin in Sevilla. Very good sound. Turbo sound, AKA function. One of the poor ones. Don't know what that means. It's hilarious. Wow. That's in English, and I don't understand. Well, it's uh, translated by Google, so there's probably something lost oh, in translation okay. here. But... <laughs> okay, okay, that makes sense. Like, where are they from? I did like uh, the, I do understand fully pastel-colored open-four-button shirt, though. That's pretty good, which, you know, but that then they said, out But then wardrobe. they said not regular club vibe, and that is regular Ooh, club yeah, vibe. Yeah, okay. That's right. what I want. But it's the mini Berlin, is what they're saying. Berlin is high on my list of destinations. Everyone I've talked to about Berlin says it's one of the greatest cities. Mm-hmm. So that is that is uh, to be to be traveled to Berlin. But I've been to many Berlin. So actually, maybe I don't want to go to. So there's like more of drum and bass if I go to Berlin. I mean, I think Berlin is like world famous as like a club. Uh, you know, an an EDM Uh, sort of place. So here's the thing. You're going to go to Berlin and you're going to have to go to at this point, you're going to have to go to a drum and bass club or like an EDM club or whatever. Okay. Right. As long as I don't have to get on a frigging bus to go to it, I'm fine. I will do it again. (laughs) All right. And I'll try and enjoy it and and thrash. I will thrash. (laughs) Uh, You will thrash. Yes. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's talk Thrones. Let's talk. Let's thrones. talk Thrones. Um, you challenged me to recreate Thrones pictures, which was uh, kind of a cop out because you knew yep. uh, I was going to do this. No, that's, <laughs> I, I mean, I we're getting to the point. How we've done like years of challenges, so I'm. You know. I know, I know. Uh, uh, but this was a good one. You, I completed your challenge. 20 to 25 times over recreating different <laughs> scenes started at the Alcazar of uh, Sevilla. And this doubled, there was a lot shot here because this doubled as the, the Royal palace of Dorne. Now uh, you've watched the whole show, right? Oh yeah. I, I, we, it's been a while. Okay. Uh, 
So Dorn is the um, the sort of uh, uh, um, Pedro Pascal as the yeah. Viper who the fought the mountain. Mandalorian was the king of Dorn. Yes, the Mandalorian with the pr- prince. He was a prince technically. All they right, they sure. don't really have kings, um, but they they are basically modeled after Spain, sort of a warm. Uh, uh, arid region where everyone's pretty laid back and they have everyone has Dornish wine in Westeros because that's the wine region and so but it, the, the seasons there uh, they weren't particularly thought out and people didn't like the Dorn characters really except for the Viper or the Dorn plot and people thought it was stupid that like Braun and, and Jamie like went down there undercover even though they clearly don't look Dornish at all <laughs> um, but they sneak into this palace and I uh, well I didn't sneak in I paid like 20 also, euros to go yeah, in okay well that's uh, a lot but easier, uh, plenty of opportunities so recreated some shots uh, uh, this lovely Belgian couple helped me uh, recreate uh, Braun, uh, Braun and, and Jamie sneaking in. We used our 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 giant stick like audio guides as our swords, <laughs> which <laughs> which was a first, but it really worked. Uh, and then uh, met a lovely couple from Manchester, and they recreated this sort of uh, the uh, Marcella and the Prince of Dorne having a moment by the fountain. Um, uh, just lots of stuff uh, all over, over, but a lot of it is me waiting in the spot. I frame it and I know how to do it, but since I'm alone, I need help. I can't do it by myself. Sometimes I mean, this is my favorite part in... of this whole thing is that you have to rope people in and then like, sort yes. of semi explain while you're doing it, but not really. And yes, that's, that's my well, favorite I, part of it. I open, I always open with, do you like game of Thrones? <laughs> and <laughs> I usually have to target a, uh, I, I'll be honest, I usually ask younger people uh, to do this, people uh, my age or below, as I feel like that demographic is more likely to uh, tune in, to the, tune into the show. And so when they say yes, I show them the pic, the screenshot from the episode that I'm trying to recreate, and they're usually pretty into it. I, I've rarely, I don't think anyone has ever said no, that's stupid, even though it is very stupid. <laughs> Um, so shot all around the palace, all around, you know, what is Dorne, um, basically. And then the other great site in, it's just outside of Sevilla. Uh, this is about 20 minutes away. There's a bus that goes right there. Um, this is a bus I was happy to get on because I knew what I was getting into. (laughs) Thank you. And we, I went to the, the ancient Roman city of Italica. So... Mm. This was the first Roman city in Spain around the 200 BC, and it was very, very, very important in Roman history. And I'd never heard of this place before. I'd never seen pictures of this place before. But Landon, this place is awesome. They have a a half-destroyed Colosseum, which doubled as the Dragon Pit. Just oh, in, yeah. in Westeros. Okay. So the Dragon Pit was where they all they gathered with Cersei, and they showed her the um, uh, like not a White Walker, but one of the zombies from up north to uh-huh. like prove to her. I mean, let let's not talk about plot of all of this. How uh, stupid no. this was. No, 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 no. Uh, so they brought the little zombie, and then the zombie like reaches out. So there's all those scenes, and then in the final season. When uh, uh, Tyrion sort of solves everything with a little speech, 
let's put it that way. Right. Which really did not vibe with the entire journey we had been on so far, in my opinion. And uh, so that was also filmed there. So so three of the the least in, liked plot plot uh, areas: Dorn, <laughs> the weight, and then Tyrion's speech. That's what I covered. So it wasn't the most beloved, um, but it was very cool. And and <laughs> I. I really embarrass myself when I do these pictures. So there is one picture where, or, or there's a scene where the, the, the zombie is like reaching out and it's on the ground because it has no legs and there's two guards standing in the background. So I set this up and I took a picture in, and I took a picture where I'm in the place of the first guard, where I'm in the place of the second yard guard. And then I laid down in the dirt, sort of like gladiator arena dirt, and I pretended to be the zombie. Then in Photoshop, I, I combined all three of those pictures. So it's sort of a three in one. So I'm every character wow. in the scene. It came out pretty well. The group of school children who were touring the Coliseum were very confused uh, about what I was doing. They were, they were uh, pointing, there was some talking, but I, you know, I shame left me a long time ago. Uh, speaking of famous <laughs> throne scenes. Um, but aside from this being, and this works perfectly, the, the, amphitheater, the amphitheater, um, uh, of Italica, it, it's basically looked like dragon's fire has burned this place to a crisp. The, it's half broken down because in the 1700s, no one gave a crap about this place. So they would just use the stone to like build an aqueduct <laughs> nearby and it wasn't <laughs> preserved at all. No one cared, but not only is there the amphitheater, which is, and you can go and you can walk in the, like the tunnels where the right. gladiators would have been. It's yeah, freaking it cool. awesome. And then, and then next to it, there's a whole Roman city that's untouched. Because it was one of the rare Roman sites that a that a major metropolis wasn't built on top of. Because if you think like back in the day, you know, Rome or whatever, that just became Rome today and everything's built on top of the Roman stuff. This, they, for some reason, they built Sevilla or they developed Sevilla 20 minutes away from this original city site. So you walk around and you're just walking around an ancient Roman city, sort of like a, a flatter version of Pompeii. And there's really nothing else like it in the world that's been preserved like this because it's so rare. It's crazy that this stuff exists. I was about to say, like, you know, yes, it's like, I mean, it's funny that it's funny that you're there. And of course, you know, on account of the challenge, but also just because of who you are uh, that, you know, it's like, <laughs> yes, I want to recreate all these pictures from Game of Thrones. But then also, like, but what is this actually? This actually is pretty crazy. Also, that this like, gladiators, gladiators died in this spot where I'm lying down <laughs> right. presenting to be a zombie. <laughs> yeah. But, and, you know, it's, it wasn't, there are people just sort of walking around. It wasn't, you know, overwhelmed like Pompeii or something would be. It was just so cool. I, I couldn't believe it existed. They, they had Roman toilets. Landon, they had just the toilets from 2000 years ago. They're just, they're just wow. there. They're that's, just there. That's amazing. Yeah. This, it was great. This place looks incredible. Uh, and it is, it, it was is, awesome. It's crazy man. That, that, that it, like I said, I just can't get over that. It actually exists. And 
that people yeah, and these intricate these intricate t- mosaics that were in people's houses, these tiles, they're perfectly preserved two thousand years later. Nuts. It's very cool. So Sevilla, uh, if you have the right soundtrack, is awesome. <laughs> You're right, the, my... you get the Thunderboom sound system or whatever it was. <laughs> turbo! Turbo! Fun, function, poor, poor Funkatron, whatever it is. Yeah. Turbo, turbo sound system. There you go. That's good. Uh, yeah. Byron, what's next on the on the list? Now, you're not going to do a lot to top Prisma, but like, but what is <laughs> what is next on the on the agenda? Well, funny you should say that. I'm going to go. I'm changing it up. I've done Spain. I've I've had my fill of Spain. I love you, Spain. I am a I am a resident of you, uh, <laughs> technically, but I'm going east, not as far east as I've been. But I'm going to Budapest, Hungary. Ooh. Wow. Next, I found I found a cheap ticket one way, and I I was there when I was ten or eleven years old with my mom, uh, but I don't remember much. So I'm going back to Budapest. I hear it's a great city that also is famous for having kind of a club scene. So yes. we, will, we will see if history will repeat oh, itself. Oh, man. Turbo, turbo style. All right. Well, I'm not um, going to issue you a club related challenge, although I'm no, very, I'm God. very uh, tempted to do so. And maybe Dude, that's I mean, like, do it. Maybe if that's a maybe that's a it. sub challenge is okay. to go okay. find get real grimy into the uh, <laughs> into the sort of European EDM and figure out oh, kind of where you are. But what I, you define just mentioned gr- that you def- have define grimy. Define well, hey, listen, grimy. that's 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 not me to define, my friend. Like okay. that's, that's you. So like nitty gritty like, is sure similar. Yeah, okay. nitty gritty, right. grimy, nitty gritty dirt Got band. It. Um. The but I would like to you just mentioned that you were there as a child. I would like to mm. and you don't remember much, but if you could revisit a memory, that mm. would be an interesting that would I would find that interesting if you could revisit some kind of memory that you have uh, Great. of of Budapest as when you were when you were little. Done. Fantastic. Done and done. Great. Well, I look forward to hearing that. I look forward to your adventures and uh, I look forward to reading the Google reviews of the clubs that you go to. Um, but where can Landon. people read about us or write their own reviews about this very podcast? Indeed. Uh, first off, I want to say that I really enjoy that element where you you re- you look up the places that I'm talking about and then you you shoot off a few Google reviews. I I. I that's a new wrinkle to the pod, and I really like it. So Glad. good job by you. Yep. Good job yeah. by you on that. Uh, you can find us, uh, well, you can find me at Totally Effin Lost, E-F-F-N, on all social media. Uh, that is all also my website. And you can find this podcast that you're listening to, so you already found it. Maybe not the target audience. Um, but if you like us, Please leave us a five star review wherever you're listening and uh, and write us. You could even write us a little blurb saying how much you like it. That is how we grow. That's how we get more ears. And uh, when we get more ears, I can keep doing cool stuff and uh, and we can talk about it. That's that's how it works, folks. Using the very latest in turbo sound. Uh, and <laughs> that is what we're doing. Byron, safe travels. And we'll talk to you in Budapest. Bye. Yo, we've been all around.